Your parents were there for you. Now you want to be there for them as they age. Welcome to There for Them, a podcast designed to help you find the information and resources you need to support your aging parents. Hi, this is Tara Fleming Caruso, Collaborative Care Advisor at Hebrew Senior Life. Welcome to the latest episode of our podcast, Designed for the Adult Child on the Go. We're recording this episode from home as the COVID-19 pandemic keeps much of the United States under lockdown. Adult children may not be on the go at the moment, at least not out in the real world, but the demands have never been greater. We're juggling childcare and homeschooling along with a range of work demands if we're fortunate enough to be able to work from home. And we are more worried than ever about aging parents who are isolated and at greatest risk. So whether this podcast finds you washing your hands for the 50th time today or out on a solo, socially distanced walk, we still hope you'll take us with you. As always, we look forward to providing information and support so that you can do the same for your aging parents. Today, we're excited to be talking about how to maintain intergenerational connection between children and grandparents during this period of social isolation. With so much uncertainty for both children and elders at this time, finding ways to connect them to each other can bring a little bit more joy when we all need it most. To that end, today's guest is Linda Doktoroff-Buskang, Director of the Adam and Matan Adelson Multigenerational Program at Hebrew Senior Life. Welcome, Linda. Thanks so much for joining us today. I'm so happy to be here, Tara. Thank you. Before we begin, I thought it would be interesting to hear a little bit about your role at Hebrew Senior Life. What are your normal job responsibilities? And I'm curious how the pandemic has shifted your role. It seems like everyone is working just a little bit differently these days. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So I've been at Hebrew Senior Life now for over nine years. And during that time, we've made it an organizational priority to bring generations together. So we have nearly 50 partnerships with schools and youth organizations and typically run over 300 programs a year, um, including events, ongoing programs. And we also support one-on-one connections between youth and older adults. So normally, my my daily schedule involves complicated logistics coordination, communications with schools, teachers, and leaders, and thinking creatively about the best ways to facilitate interactivity and engagement between generations across all of Hebrew Senior Life's eight campuses. But with this pandemic, my role has shifted quite dramatically, and I'm now spending most of my time working with program staff across the organization to help support an effort to engage residents who are in lockdown in all of our communities. So I'm trying to help staff in all of our different locations to share ideas and resources and also utilize technology creatively wherever possible. Thanks, Linda. That's amazing. Your work is amazing and such an incredibly important job right now. 
I can only imagine how busy you are thinking and implementing new and unique ideas and at the same time probably having fewer on-the-ground resources and supports, which can't be easy. But because you've had these new experiences, you're the perfect person to share your perspectives on how to bridge generations during this unique time. The sandwich generation, as you know, is really pinched right now. How can we get the adult children who are lucky enough to be working from home out of the equation so that connecting children and elders doesn't become one more project for them to add to their plate? Yeah, so adult children will obviously want to check in with their parents all the time. Many people I talk with, though, begin to feel that regular communications with their family members are a burden, and they don't know quite what to say every day when they check in. So there's a real opportunity for people to have their kids help out a little bit with that responsibility. So I'll try and give a few examples. So first, if kids are old enough to use a phone and your parents have phones too, um, you can suggest that your kids text their grandparents all the time with photos of a latest Lego creation or a, or a couch fort. The grandparents will probably appreciate their creativity greatly and, and maybe not even be as overwhelmed as the parents might be by the possible cleanup ahead. <laughs> um, <laughs> Another idea is just utilizing old-fashioned snail mail. Um, it's a great way for kids to connect and share a piece of themselves with their grandparents, sending pictures and drawings and notes and practicing their writing skills. So actually, at Hebrew Senior Life, we've been collecting notes and cards and pictures and letters from students all across the greater Boston area to share with seniors in our communities. So if your kids send your parents mail, they will certainly love it. But if they make some extra pictures or notes, you can feel free to send them to us as well. Um, I'll be sure to share my contact information at the end of the podcast for anybody who, who would like to send us materials. We'd love to have them for people in our communities. Another thing we've seen work at Hebrew Senior Life is to give care packages to our residents. So we've found that people really enjoy getting puzzle books, crossword puzzles, word searches, uh, cards, and Play-Doh. So it would be a really wonderful opportunity with grandparents to set up a back-and-forth exchange with your children. So one week, your kids might mail a treat of some sort, and the next week, the grandparents might mail something back. So it doesn't need to be something store-bought, especially since none of us are leaving the house unnecessarily. But maybe it's photos from an old album or a favorite family recipe written on an index card. That's awesome. Wonderful ideas. Especially mailing anything that's homemade or anything that's personal. These have much more emotional significance and are way more meaningful than anything that could be purchased. Do you have other suggestions for connecting children to their older relatives and loved ones? Sure. So I've been hearing so many creative ideas from people as I chat with friends and colleagues. Another really creative way for kids and grandparents to interact is to enlist grandparents as teachers. So most kids right now are doing some sort of homeschooling, but why not ask your parents to help run a class? 
I heard recently from a friend that her mother is teaching Russian math to her grandchildren. And no, they are not Russian, um, but the mm-hmm. grandmother is learning how to do that. Another mm-hmm. grandparent is conducting twice-weekly history lessons uh, for their grandchildren. Maybe a grandparent can talk about starting a family business or a grandma has a surprising aptitude for long division. And while everyone's out of school for however long, it could give kids and grandparents something to do and learn about together. Um, mm. Also, if you if you happen to set up ongoing learning experiences uh, between different groups, it might give you a chance to check your email or, or do some work or track down some of your <laughs> missing groceries. <laughs> right. Email. Okay. So when you mention email, it brings to mind the topic of technology. And technology certainly can be a great additional resource for connection. So tell me about your experience with Zoom. We are using it every day now for our team meetings. It has literally become our main form of communication these days. Do you think Zoom is a good platform for our parents to use as well to visually and socially stay connected? So I absolutely love Zoom. I, too, have been using it all the time. Um, But the biggest challenge we see is that the older generation, for the most part, is not yet really technically savvy. And the younger generation is increasingly spending so much time using tech that it creates this big divide between those who are comfortable and those who aren't. And unfortunately, the pandemic has drawn even more of a line between technology users and technology, well, non-users. So on the one hand, we want to be really careful not to underestimate seniors' ability to use technology well or underestimate the ease of these new technologies. So in our communities at HSL, we've been really amazed by the widespread adoption of Zoom. People can use it from their tablet or their smartphone. But for some people, even these uses of technology are really difficult. And if we push non-users too hard with technology, they can end up feeling really frustrated with themselves. So I think the trick is really to figure out when to push and really support people and help them to use technology well, and when to just back up and slow down and resort to the communication tools that might be a little Mm -hmm. bit more comfortable for them. Right. Right. The end goal is not for people to feel more frustrated, but just the opposite. That makes sense. Exactly. Yes. All right. So I have one more question. How do we help our kids understand how valuable their outreach is right now? It's huge. And then how do we motivate them to reach out to older family members? Yeah, so everyone is struggling right now in some way, uh, either to fill their time, to feel valued, to keep their spirits up, and more. So one of the struggles that I'm seeing most prevalently is the difficulty with a lack of routine. So older adults crave routine, And whether kids recognize it or not, they really need it too. So I suggest trying to block off a regular check-in time, if you can, to talk with your parents, to allow your children to talk with their grandparents. If you can't have that regular check-in time, 
a couple of texts during the day from the kids to their grandparents is better than nothing. And there are so many ways you can help each other pass the time with real meaning. So, for example, you can structure in dates to watch a TV show or see a movie at the same time. That will provide the important structure for everyone, but it will also allow you to have something to discuss when you check in instead of an awkward conversation, oh, what did you do today? Um, and unfortunately, these days, the answer is probably, chances are not much has mm-hmm. been going on during the day. Right. Another idea is to do some kind of virtual activity together on Zoom cook something together or teach a skill. So, for example, my daughter wanted to learn how to knit, and my mom taught her over Zoom. It was great, and now they are able to regularly check in on one another's progress on their knitting projects. Um, Another idea is to create opportunities for your kids to interview your parents. So this can be a little bit more complicated, and I think some advanced preparation could really be helpful. So, for example, you could have kids write down some weird or wacky things they've always wanted to learn about the family and then fire away with their questions. Kids always want to hear stories about people they know and things they can relate to. So you can encourage them to share tales of the worst family vacations they ever had when you were growing up or even the biggest fight the grandparents ever had to break up between siblings. You can help make these discussions, you know, story-based, and then I think they would be much more engaging for everyone. Mm. You're so creative. I love the range of ideas. And even if someone chooses that very first simple suggestion you made of just scheduling a time to talk, it really can be so powerful. My teenage son did this with his grandmother uh, a few weeks ago, and it was probably a two-minute conversation, and she told me at the end that it was worth a million dollars, and it, like, made her day. That's all it took, two-minute phone conversation. It was really awesome. It was awesome. So, Linda, thank you again for sharing your passion and your expertise with us. We're so lucky to have you as a resource here at HSL. And I'm, I promise I'm going to use some of your suggestions as we move forward during this period of social isolation. But before we go, I wanted to just remind you, did you want to share your contact information so that listeners can send their cards and letters? Absolutely. So, yes, we are actively trying to distribute written materials, notes, cards, letters, pictures, etc., to residents across Hebrew Senior Life. You can send it directly to me. My name is Linda Buskang at 5000 Great Meadow Road, Dedham, Massachusetts, 02026. Uh, We will take them and we will share them with people who will relish hearing from people in the community. Thank you, Linda. We appreciate it. So to our listeners, thank you for joining our special pandemic episode. Hopefully it will be the last time we broadcast to you under such unique circumstances. And until next time, If you're looking for more information and education about how to support an aging parent or loved one, please explore our blog, www.hebrewseniorlife.org forward slash blog. 
And of course, we invite you to subscribe to our podcast. And on that note, we'd like to know what you'd like to hear in our next podcast. Are there topics that you think would be helpful? Let us know by sending an email to editor at hebrewseniorlife.org and put the word podcast in the subject line. We look forward to hearing your thoughts and feedback. So again, thank you. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe and be well. Thanks for listening to There For Them, brought to you by Hebrew Senior Life, a leading senior care nonprofit organization that's an affiliate of Harvard Medical School and is uniquely dedicated to rethinking, researching, and redefining the possibilities of aging. Learn more at HebrewSeniorLife.org. Dot org.